Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs of the Club, your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau. Uh, going solo today. Uh, going to be a one-time thing. We just had to get some basketball stuff up. We're we're kind of at a weird place with basketball stuff, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, quick quick update for because we've had some people asking us for about when football news is coming. We ha- I got an answer for you. We're going to talk football next week. We're going to upend our recording schedule. We've been doing for basketball season, which has been, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whenever we can make it, our schedule and my schedule specifically is weird uh, during this basketball season. Uh, Back when football season starts, we'll of course go back to our regular Tuesday time, but next week we're going to record on Wednesday. It's going to be a batched football update. So minimal basketball talk, but tonight, tonight is a huge think of this as the vegan episode man we're we're talking basketball martin's going to be on later with martin's magic minute first i'm going to start us off talking about basketball might as well jump in we're in around the bar brought to us by hughes river expedition and i want to look at basketball slightly different for a moment we're going to all of course get to the games because that's the point of what we do but multiple times uh, some in person some online i've had Listeners truly ask us, why do we do more than even a cursory update on men's basketball? That look, the team's terrible. That team has been terrible for a long time. It's we're entering honestly half a decade. If you go back to Don Verlin's final season, and then of course the train wreck that has been since Zach Kloss day one. Uh, but we truly have people who ask us, like, why do you talk about basketball at all? Uh, why don't you guys have more interviews? Why don't you talk more football? And the answer is, we're of course going to talk football as we can. Um, but you know we're not going to needlessly talk football. But um, I have an answer to why we talk basketball the way we do, which is this is certainly my push for us to talk basketball like we do. And we got a reminder last week. That came either Tuesday, Thursday, uh, before the two games Idaho played. Of course, uh, hey, Thursday, Idaho lost to Weber State 73-65. Saturday, Idaho lost to Idaho State 95-91 in overtime. Both those games were in Moscow. We'll, we'll talk the implications of those bef- later. But got a reminder this last last week, and it came courtesy of a friend of Tubbs at the club, uh, Trevin Pixley, beat reporter for, from the Lewiston Tribune spends most of his time covering in the fall covers Vandal men's football as well as like regional uh, prep sports. And during the winter, he's a mix of prep sports. Plus he's covering Idaho basketball as well. So good news is there is a person covering Idaho basketball from the trip because that wasn't taking place last season. So, Hey, uh, move in the right direction. That's cool. But Hey, Trevin gave me a reminder, gave, gave us a reminder about why we cover basketball and look in a second, this is immediately going to get not that favorable to Trevin. So I want to preface this with, uh, we like Trevin, like I said, friend, he's a friend of Tubbs, of the club. He's definitely going to be coming on during the spring football season. He's definitely going to be helping us out. Uh, we've read Trevin's work. I've talked with him a few times on the phone, also via text. He's a good dude. He's also a good sport, uh, which is why I have no reservation going into it. The article he wrote this last week covering men's basketball, which Again, I like Trevin the guy. I'm talking about the work right now. I thought, I'll just read the title right now. Despite losing Hoops record, Idaho men are on the right track. Now, headlines may not be written by the actual journalist who wrote the article, but hey, that's that's Trevin's article. And you guys can already tell. This is going to be indefensibly simple. Um, honestly, 
in some ways, I, I think maybe embarrassing uh, to have written this. And again, Trevin's cool. We like Trevin. This is a one-time thing we're focusing on. Trevin, of course, and he's like all the other print journalists that I've come across who cover men's basketball for Idaho are trying desperately hard to have a positive narrative around Zach Kloss's time. And I think that's probably because editorially, editorial wise, they have to, but at Tubbs, the club, we don't. And one of the goals of Tubbs, the club is to not, we don't care positive, negative. We care about what happened. We covered football seasons that was exciting because it was well, basketball season, something else. I'm not going to invent an upward trajectory when one does not exist because it doesn't, but look, the basics of the basis of the article, was Trevin saying, look, Idaho is terrible right now. Eight and 13 overall at the time. They're now eight and 15 overall, six and 15 against division one teams. But lead paragraph, we're looking, when looking at its eight and 13 record, it's easy to dismiss Idaho men's basketball team because you should. I'm going to try to credit Trevin because he, he did acknowledge that Zach Kloss is in the lame duck year of his contract, which I truly have not seen anyone other than Tubbs at club do. So credit Trevin there. But he then goes on to say Idaho is moving in the right direction. He does quote Zach Kloss for some of that. And of course, Kloss is going to say Idaho's moving in the, the right direction. Uh, that's for sure. But look, here's a couple clips. Um, when Where the Vandals have struggled under Kloss has been on road under his leadership. Idaho 6-41 and 41 true road, in true road games. The good news, half of those wins have come this year. The Vandals are three and eight this season away from home. The most wins in the class era. Now, of course, you guys know talking about three and eight against like the easiest schedule team could possibly have is not a big deal. But that's one example. Later on, Trevin correctly talks about Moffat and Jones. Not going to go through that because Moffat and Jones have both had big seasons. But later on, here's the concluding paragraphs. Slowly but surely, Kloss is ending curses. The players he has brought in are starting to gel. While Idaho might not be where it wants to be in late January in eighth place in the big sky, that's 10th place now, it is heading to be where it wants to be when the conference tournament starts March 4th. Now, I bring that up because like, you should read the article on your own, but the article, of course, does not talk about any specifics about what the week's, week strength of schedule. And also, again, the, the team's got six Division One wins. Come on. Uh, Six division one wins, and and this is this the point of the article. Say, hey, this is going to be Klaus's best season so far, which it should be. Well, listeners, know this was in the, this was indefensibly stupid, and this is part of why we do what we do covering Idaho men's basketball. Got a special friend to show in the comment section, Michael Marceau. If he doesn't get the contract, we know the nomination was stolen. Oh, good God, Michael! <laughs> uh, taking a direction we typically don't go here, but th thanks, Michael. Um, you guys all know this team is not moving in the right direction. And look, I'm going to jump into a tweet of Trevin halftime after the Lieber State game. We're about we're about to talk specifics of the games, but Trevin's halftime takeaways, probably the worst first half performance all season for the men. Go figure LMAO. You guys all know if you're Tubbs listeners, it was not shocking at all to see Idaho trailing 38 to 22 to Weber state at home because this Idaho team has absolutely not turned any sort of corner. There's two, they're, there are some solid pieces, but the biggest issue is even it, even when this team is solid offensively, which sometimes it's solid, it's not a great offensive team overall if you look at advanced metrics, but it's not a terrible offensive team. Kloss, of course, has a catastrophically awful defensive team again, which is the only types of defensive teams that Kloss is able to put together. 
we can go through defensive rating, stuff like that, which we I'm absolutely going to in a moment. But you guys all have eyes. If you're listening to the show, you've probably watched the games. And you, of course, know that Idaho surrenders a preposterous number of wide open shots when virtually no work is done by the opposing team to get them. And Idaho also surrenders a ton of shots close to the basket. Simple defensive metric for you, to, for you guys to look at. We've talked about defensive rating on the show before about that's kind of a baseline way to understand how teams are doing defensively. Your, your Mendoza line, so to speak, is a defensive rating of 100, which is defensive rating itself is how many points per 100 possessions or does divide the score by 100 and it's points per possession. And the Mendoza line is 100 points a rating of a defensive rating of 100 or one point per possession. If you, if you surrender fewer than one points per possession, that's thought of as a pretty solid defensive team above 100 is thought to be a not great defensive team. Well, in big sky play, Idaho has exactly one game this season, sitting at two and eight in conference play with a defensive rating below 100. That came in the that came in the win against Montana State on December 29th. Other uh, sorry, I and I'm just reading the sorry, dudes. This is the downside of doing this stuff solo. Everyone, every once in a while you're gonna going to lose trade, lose your thought, lose your spot. The the only defensive rating Idaho has in conference, it was a win over Montana State on January on January 16th. The first game I referenced was Montana, the first Montana State game. That was a loss. Idaho beat Montana State 74-70 on January 16th for the only big sky game with a defensive rating better than 100. Now this weekend, this week to get into the games, and Idaho lost first to Weber State 73-65 in a game that for most of the game was a blowout. Uh, Trey Smith hit five threes in a row at the end of the game. That's how Idaho kept it closer at the end. Uh, that game, Idaho's defensive rating, 105.8. Then Idaho State, which was a close game, but Idaho surrendered a defensive rating of 130.1, and it was just a layup. It was a line of wide-open threes and in-stride layups. That That's why Idaho played very well on the offensive end against Idaho State and still found a way to lose a game. Idaho shot over shot over 51% against Idaho State and found a way to lose. How did that happen? Well, you guys you guys know the answer. You guys absolutely already know the answer. Idaho is a catastrophically terrible defensive team. So, in spite of and especially in the first half, one of the big changes this states back this goes back to the first half of Weber State and it persisted into the first half of Idaho State. Teams are starting to double Devontae Moffitt some. The first half against Weber State, Idaho responded as poorly as the Vandals possibly could have to that change in defensive strategy that they experienced. Shooting 33% from the field overall, went one of eight from three. Meanwhile, Weber State shot 62.5% in the first half. Now, Trevin referenced this also in his halftime update. Weber is hot from deep, but it's hard to stop wide open looks. It's because Weber was feasting on wide open threes. Weber is a pretty bad three-point shooting team. They're a team that does not try to beat teams from the perimeter that way. And, well, they beat Idaho from the perimeter that way. In the first half, Weber State hit six threes, went six of nine from three. They shot uh, seven of 13 from three on the game, went one of four in the second half. But, again, those were wide open threes in the first half. But the other thing that was killer in the Weber State game, again, like – Look, Idaho did make the game competitive. Credit to Trey Smith. He had his best 
offensive performance as a Vandal, 17 points on five of 10 from the field. All five of his field goals were threes. But until Smith went on the tear at the end, this was really not a competitive game. And honestly, it was kind of embarrassing. Idaho trailed by around 20 into the second half. Now, Idaho State, now, no, sorry, I got to hit the Weber end. Another thread that has been persistent through the Zach Kloss era. Weber State destroyed Idaho on the boards. Dylan Jones himself for Weber State, he's one of the best players in the Big Sky, probably top three or four in the league. He's their power, He's kind of their point forward. He's a do-everything kind of player. He's not an extreme explosive athlete, but he's a very smart basketball player and a solid athlete. 14 rebounds on his own. Idaho as a team had 20 rebounds. Vandals got out-rebounded 33-20 to 20 against Weber State. So hey, if you're surrendering a lot of easy buckets, which we're used to in Zach Claus teams, and the team is getting annihilated on the boards, which that was supposed to be different this year because the team is more athletic, the team has a bit more size, but nothing really changed from last year to this year. That was those two things combined help explain why Idaho, again, they, they kept it close at the end, but for 80% of that game, Weber State outclassed Idaho in Moscow, the place where Idaho is supposed to be a bit more solid. Now you look at the Idaho State game. Now I will give credit. That game was fun. I was in the stands for that game. The first game I've been in person all year. It's just, it, I talked about it when we began basketball season. Uh, my view is that people should not really adjust their schedules for that class coach team that much. I'm not going to tell people not go to games. But I upend my life schedule to go to football games. That's not happening for a Zach Kloss basketball team in my mind. No question. That's my reaction to still having the dude as our coach. But I did go to the game. It was fun. Uh, there is the crowd capacity. I'm going to look up what it was listed. Yeah, it's somewhere in the box. We'll find it later. But um, sorry, attendance listed at 2,397, which would certainly be the best attendance of the year. Um, the lower bowl was packed. Was, was pretty packed. It wasn't 100% full, uh, but there also was not, there were not enough people there to warrant pulling up the upper deck bleachers, which is another Idaho basketball thing going on right now, guys. Idaho has not had to pull out the upper deck bleachers a single time at ICCU this year. It's uh, the arena is not that big. It's 4,200 people. And not one time this season has that upper deck been pulled out. But hey, the environment was fun. When everyone's in that lower bowl and condensed, the the architecture of ICCU lets it be a loud, good environment. So hey, that was true. And the first half, Idaho State doubled Devontae Moffitt, and they were doubling Isaac Jones when he got the ball in the post too. But for 10, 10 to 15 minutes, I got to tell you, I was floored watching Idaho in the first half because Idaho basketball looked like a normal offensive team in that Devontae Moffitt was initiating double teams and moving the ball around to open guys. Because Isaac Jones wasn't being starved of touches, he wasn't forcing touches in the first half, he was initiating double teams and hitting open guys. My evidence of that is the two leading scorers for Idaho at the end of the first half, Dom Ford and Trey Smith. Dom Ford had nine points in the first half, mostly off of catch-and-shoot opportunities. I think he had one, one shot off penetration, but Dom Ford – he's having more streaks where he's looking like a more comfortable division one player. And then Trey Smith had 11 points in the first half as well. So those two support, those two supporting pieces were hitting open shots because Idaho was moving the ball offensively looking as good as they've seen. Now, like I earlier brought up, Idaho's not a great offensive team because on the season, they're not like, they're not a terrible offensive team. They're just, they're just okay. For the most part, they let, 
Devontae Moffitt dominate the ball in my mind way too much. Uh, he's he's a good player, he's a good penetrator, but the offense of how how much Devontae Moffitt completely uh, controls Idaho possessions at times is frustrating, especially because it's typically at the expense of Isaac Jones getting similar touches or other guys getting touches where they're comfortable. Well, in the first half, the ball was moving around. Other guys were getting good looks, and you saw Dom, Dom Ford had one of his better half better halves of the season. And Trey Smith had one of one of his better halves too. Now in the second half, things changed again with Dom Ford. This has been a theme where Dom Ford's had a few games where he has, he looks pretty strong in the first half and then he vanishes in the second half. I don't think Dom Ford even got a shot up in the second half, but also Idaho uh, changed what they're doing offensively a lot. Uh, we, Idaho State was covering Isaac Jones one-on-one. And of course, that means Idaho should go to Jones. They did. Jones finished with 27 points, 14 rebounds. That great game. 13 to 13 from the foul line. Huge for Isaac Jones. It's part of why the game was close. Uh, Moffitt scored 23, most of them in the second half. So like stylistically, I, you know, I've been frustrated talking about Idaho with how much Moffitt gets to control the ball. But overall, you would not call the offense the issue in the Idaho State loss. The problem was, again, Idaho shot 50.9% on the game shot 90.6% from the free throw line, 29 of 32 and found a way to lose this game. How'd Idaho lose this game? Well, on the game, Idaho state shot 56%, including 65% in the second half, 50% in the second half from three, but virtually the same in the first half, four or nine, Idaho state's nine of 20 from three on the game. And look, this was not an, Idaho State was not just hot hitting tough shots. Most of these threes were wide open with very little work. When the game went back and forth, Idaho was starting to defensively surrender a lot of in-stride layup type shots to Idaho State guards. Uh, The Idaho State guards who did the most damage, we had Brock McKenzie. He averages 12 points a game on the season, scored 30 this game. Um, Austin Smele had a handful of in-stride layups and also uh, Malik Malik Arrington is another guy. But the penetration, Idaho just was not able to stop Idaho State from getting easy shots, and that's how it is. Hit the comment section really quick. Uh, we've got Kevin Ridenauer saying, I was on campus during the Munson era. I'm just here for the class firing countdown. That makes two of us. Andrew Whipple, our AD, needs to be sending out feelers right now about coaching interest at U of I. Yep. Uh, We've got Andrew Whipple again. Might as well play play the Lapway kid now to get a few fans in the stands. Um, and then Michael Marceau again. It's hard to understand how you can be so bad at containing both open threes and layups. Helping one pass away gives open threes, but where is that help in the lane? Sounds like poor coaching. Because, Michael, it was. And you're exactly descri- describing it. It's essentially very simple defensive strategy that uh, – some high schools are probably more sophisticated than certainly virtually every big sky team. And why not 51? Let them double Jones in the post and move the ball. Iso Jones, high post, not his strength. Absolutely correct. Now, if Jones needs to get to face up from the high post, there are times where he can put the ball on the floor and be effective, but why not 51? Absolutely correct. Let Jones initiate a double team and move the ball. And if the if Idaho State's not going to double, Jones is going to be fine. That's how he scored 27 points. Jones has also showed a willingness to pass the ball out of double teams, particularly when there's predictable movement on the outside, which that should have been in place for Idaho day one, not 
week, whatever. We're more, we're about two thirds of the way through the season. And we're just now starting to see a little, a little purposeful strategy in, in, in Idaho and having Jones walk into the double teams or initiate the double teams. So he can kick out the guys who are wide open. That's how Trey Smith and Dom Ford got their open shots in the first half. Things just changed in the second half. Some of it was okay strategy wise. Cause again, if Jones can be covered one-on-one Idaho should be dot be exploiting that matchup but look how deep we are into the season guys look i gotta actually talk also about i listened to zach Kloss's presser on monday and peter harriman asked hey, is, does the team have an alpha or does the team have a guy it can kind of turn to to um get on the players in a way that coach coaches get on you know coaches work with players too they get on players too but there are times where it's different when a player in the moment is kind of the lightning rod for a team turning around. And to Zach Claus's credit, he said, look, with how many new guys are on the team, it's, it used to be easy for an upperclassman who's been there for three years to be that guy. And that's not this year. They've got 10 new guys. So it's hard to have, they don't really have that person, but simultaneously that tracks completely with this team still doesn't seem to know what its offensive identity is. And maybe if teams are going to double moff it more, that will help move the offensive identity closer to what why not 51 said in the comment thread closer to what I, I call a normal basketball team of we don't have one guy Moffitt again he very good penetrator very shifty very good first step there's a lot of positive stuff to say about Devontae Moffitt that I don't want to ignore he's averaging right around 20 points a game in big sky play because he is a good guard and he also knows his limitations as in Moffitt more or less only shoots wide open threes or threes against a shot clock. But the offense of essentially just running a pick and roll with Moffitt and other guys don't get involved whatsoever in many possessions. That's a way to freeze guys out that I honestly think that's probably why guys like Dom Ford and Trey Smith have taken so long to look like they're kind of hitting their stride this season. Because if you're Zach Lawson said this in his presser, college age dudes, they're not pros. They typically get their focus kind of um, jump-started by offensive performance. And if you're standing out there not touching the ball, then running down to play defense and giving up layups and wide open threes like we talked about, well, how the heck are, are guys who aren't touching the ball a ton supposed to start to feel comfortable? Dom Ford, again, had a good half, but this is honestly the third time where Dom Ford has looked really good in the first half, and then he vanishes. And I don't know if this is still a disciplinary thing from that – from when Kloss moaned after the Montana state game about um, Ford wanting to stay in when he couldn't see as well and not being honest about what he couldn't see, which again, anyone who's ever played basketball knows if you players are, are typically pretty touchy about any, about letting any sort of information out that would make them look weak. So if a guy has any sort of injury, if he can physically play, typically they're going to play. It's the coach's job to then observe if the guy needs to come out. And, and if look, if that's a thing he needs to deal with disciplinary wise, that should have been done in private, but Dom Ford's a guy who's making some strides. That's absolutely a positive for, for this team. But again, look, Idaho, two losses. The Vandals have lost five in a row to Idaho state. That dates back to the COVID year. Idaho state had a winning record in the COVID year partially based off of five sub D one wins. But since then Idaho state look last season, Idaho state was pretty bad this season. Idaho state, they look like they're kind of mid ish big sky. They're kind of rounding out. 
Um, Eastern Washington's going to run away with the conference by way. David Riley had to completely rebuild Eastern Washington from the ground up after Shantae Leggins left and every player either left with Shantae graduated or the Groves brothers transferred to Oklahoma. Well, it's taken Sean, it's taken David Riley to two season. This is his third. Eastern was immediately respectable with a completely new batch of guys with Riley. And now they're running away with the conference undefeated 10 wins. It doesn't take seven years to redo a basketball team, to redo a basketball culture. But that's that's where Idaho is right now. On the season now, Idaho sits at eight and fifteen, six and fifteen versus D one, two and eight in conference. At home, they're five and seven overall, but that's three and seven against Division one teams, three and eight on the road. Does that sound like the right, like on the right track to anyone? And the reason I bring this up is there's actually a lot of anxiety for the people who pay attention to Idaho basketball. There's a ton of online anxiety, interpersonal anxiety about what the heck are we supposed to feel for this team? Because on the one end, you want the Vandals to do well. You want the players to have the best experience they can. And you want to see them win some games. On the other end, people are terrified that if Kloss gets 12 wins, Golick's going to say that's enough because most people believe Golick is looking for reasons to give Kloss another contract. Now, I'm... I'm not talking inside information here. I don't because of how I we've talked about Idaho basketball. We don't have the same type of inside sources that we have developed in football. It's a different world in basketball, but the perception right now is because Klaus is here. The perception of the fan base right or wrong is that they believe Terry Golick is looking for reasons to extend Zach Klaus. There's no need to. He's a lame duck coach. It would cost nothing to walk away from him at the end of this year. But fans are terrified if Kloss gets a few wins that just like last season when Kloss won those three home games against Weber State, who was good last year, and then Montana and Eastern, who were both just okay. They were both 11 and 9 in Big Sky. That's not great. That seemed to be the rationale for bringing Kloss back. So now fans are terrified. Look, I want to root for the Idaho Vandals. But I don't believe in Zach Kloss because I shouldn't, because he's given us lots of evidence that he he's someone you shouldn't you should not believe. And look, let's talk about his record. He's 26 and 82 in three, almost four full seasons. That counts as sub D1 games. If you re- remove the sub D1 games, he's 20 and 82, which the quick math here, 23% of Kloss's overall wins are against sub D1 teams. So why do we cover basketball? Because if we don't talk about this, fans know, people who pay attention know. But if it, it starts to feel like you might be insane or something like that, because it it's information that does that you can see yourself week in, week out, game in, game out. But it doesn't seem to matter. And then again, me, the media that does cover Idaho with basketball, it seems like they're mining for something that's not there. The, if Idaho turns it around right now and wins some games, sure, there might be an upward trajectory, trajectory to talk about. But Klaus having eight total wins, being one win away from tying his best ever, which is last season, is not a turnaround. It's the same essential team as before. Bottom of the big sky. Did Idaho build a $50 million arena to have the worst basketball team in the big sky year in and year out? I can't imagine a single donor who put who gave $1 to the arena thought, oh yeah, well, of course we built the most beautiful thing in the entire big sky with great architecture. So it doesn't even have to be at half capacity to be an awesome crowd. Yeah. We built that to have a last place team, but at least the coaches like nice to the guys, although not particularly nice to players in press conferences, 
like we've talked about sometimes, sometimes fine, but whatever. He's done some pretty dumb press conference stuff, like the preseason press conference where he ran, ran the bus over last year's roster that he recruited in saying that last year's nine wins were just a result of personnel, wasn't scheme whatsoever. But look, that's again, this is why do we do this? Because we know there's other people out there who feel the same way, who need a voice. And because look, if we're going to cut, if I'm going to spend extra time covering basketball, and this is again, we cover basketball because mostly this is my push. If Dallas had his choice, Dallas sitting here would say, Brian, why in God's name are we covering basketball? The team's awful. He's honestly told me in private a few times, and he doesn't care about me sharing this. He wouldn't be watching the games if it weren't for having a show to talk about him because the team is terrible. But we do it so that there is at least a voice describing what happened so that we can have people know, look, who cares what people who aren't paying enough attention to the team say about a turnaround or people who aren't willing to look at the actual strength of schedule Idaho has, which is a very weak, especially out of conference, man. The Ken Palm out of conference schedule is like 346 out of 363. This was Klaus gift wrapping himself the best chance for an extension. And we're still sitting at eight wins, only 61. So that's why we talk Vandal basketball. This week, Idaho's got two games on the road against Sacramento State and Portland State. Portland State's on Thursday, February 2nd. Sacramento State's on Saturday, February 4th. Idaho dropped both games earlier in the season. First to Sacramento State, 85-83 in overtime at home. Then lost 74-58 to Portland State. So that's a 16-point loss. That's again why I bring it up. I listened to the press conference. Peter Harriman said the Portland State game was close. It was close for like two-thirds-ish, but 16 points is not a close game. And I, I just don't understand why the, why the people who cover Idaho outside of Tubbs do not have do not appear to have the ability ability to extract themselves from the upward trajectory narrative that should not exist because it does not exist. But that's where Idaho basketball is, guys. Thanks for tuning in for this part. We're gonna get to Martin's magical minute. Uh, like I guess part of why before I get there too, I just had to bring this up. Little behind the curtain stuff. When so when I host. It's kind of my job just facilitate discussion. And when Dallas is, Dallas gets to be the co-host, he gets to just react, which is cool. But to keep the discussion moving, the the main host has to sometimes like soften their tone to make, and it can sound like you feel differently than you do for the sake of facilitating discussion. I hope it's clear. I'm just like you guys, man. I'm frustrated as hell. I love basketball. I came to I start came to Tubbs at the club. Message Chris back in 2018 to record by myself talk Vandal basketball because I wanted something covering the team that I cared about and the basketball that I watched. It's been almost half a decade, and the Vandal men's team has not had a 10 win season. Idaho still were 23 games into the basketball season, 21 D1 games. Idaho men's basketball still has fewer D1 wins than Jason X football team had in 12 games, except the men have played 21 D1 games. That's how bad this is. There, there's no turnaround. This is functionally the same team as last season. A couple bright spots. Don't again, don't want to sound like I'm shitting on all the players. Isaac Jones, obviously is a great player. Devonte Moffitt, uh, in spite of what I, how I'm touchy about style points with, with his usage, he's been real productive. Dom Ford's getting comfortable. Trey Smith started to have moments. Uh, Nigel Burris, he's a guy who, again, like he, we have some guys who just aren't getting enough touches. Burris was averaging almost 10 points a game for much of the season. He's been quiet last few games, but there's some pieces here. You can't tell me the talent on this team is last place in the big sky, but that's where Idaho sits. 
We all know why. Look, this isn't a team that has talent to win the big sky. No question. We're not there yet. But this team should not be sitting in last place, 10 out of 18 games through a conference schedule, clearly in line right now to be playing in that 10th place, ninth place game that's, that's effectively a play-in game in the Big Sky Conference Tournament, which is another thing we'll get to. If Idaho, if that's where Idaho is in the Big Sky Conference Tournament and finally gets a win, people should barely count that as a win playing another team that is terrible. But anyway, this has been this is around the bar, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. And Hughes River Expedition has been with the with been Vandal supporters forever. They've been Tubbs the Club supporters forever. Hughes River Expedition. They do river, they do all-inclusive river expeditions. And all-inclusive means, guys, just get yourself there with clothes. Everything else Hughes River takes care of. You don't have to worry about it. And also, Hughes River, if you're a big group, like if you're a corporate group, you're a team trying to do a team building group. Hughes River can take care of you. If you're just an individual or a, a small family and you want to do overnight river trips, Hughes Expedition does that too, man. All you got to do is call them. They'll schedule you and you're done. They, they, they do most of their trips in Idaho. Some of the trips also in Montana. They're, if you're looking for something to do this summer, again, as a business team or family, if you want to do it outdoors, give Hughes River Expedition a call. 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. And without further ado, producer Brian is now going to stumble through throwing on Martin's Magic Minute. It's going to be on. I'm talking right as I load it up. It's loading in three, two, one. Hi, how are you guys doing? I know I am doing a lot better than the last Martin's Magical Minute you guys watched last week, which was a essentially an 11 minute rambler of an epic rambler of a talk that I had. But uh, I know I'm doing a lot better. The women's team is now on a two game win streak, which I am very happy about. They played two of their obviously two of their best games since they last since they beat the Montana schools back to kick off conference play. On, I want to say the 29th and the 1st, if I remember right on those dates. Don't crack me on the amateur hour amateur hour scheduling info department here, but it was a it was a lot more of a it was a lot better of a game games to see them play, having coming out of that six game losing skid they had. And as if you and if you follow me on Twitter, I like these last two games I've just said one game one at a time. I, it was uh, definitely a good thing to see. Definitely, they, they definitely, I don't know what happened in these past. After the NAU game, it seemed like they made some pretty drastic change. I say drastic's not the right word to use, actually, but uh, some changes ended up having Tiana Johnson come off the bench and have Sarah Brand start, I think, was a nice kickstart and refresher to the lineup that had maybe gone a little stale in the past. I know at the end of the, I want to say it was the Northern Caw and Northern Arizona game, she started just draining threes, and she's starting to show that she's for real. And I think she'll be a she'll be a big part of the team in the future. I know maybe it's just better to work through those rough patches now with her and get her that starting time going. And coming into this game, there was some other changes. Like I'm, yes, I am kind of stat like scoreboard watching here, is reading off a list, but. 
the starting lineup for the game against Weber State that was uh, Sydney Gandy, Beyond Speed, Brooke Malone, Sarah Brands, and Ashlyn Wallace, which was a three new starters. Well, two new compared to the two new compared to the Northern Colorado game. I believe Sarah uh, Brooke when came in over. Uh, oh gosh, uh, Rosa Smith and uh, Ashlyn started over Asha Phillips. The two freshman guards they had, it was definitely, I thought, it was a good decision to make. They both had played well in their limited minutes they had played before in the past, but it was good to see them get some more time. Now, uh, I think it was, it was, this was their most complete game. I think they'd played. They beat the, they beat Weber State, uh, whoops, 66 to 52. It was a, it never really felt like, Weber State was in control. Yeah, there are moments where Idaho was up by 20, I think, and kind of let them come back in for a little bit. Uh, but they played they played well. Uh, Beyond Spees maybe kind of taken, I wouldn't say a step back is the right word to use. But she's definitely not being like the main scorer anymore. At least I hope they're not trying to just be like offense goes through her and her alone. But uh, she had a double-double in this game, 15 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, still showing that she is a force to reckon with in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, the freshman, Sarah Brands, had eight points. Eight points. Ashlyn Wallace started off, had six points, seven rebounds, five assists. I think she should have been starting a lot sooner, but good to see her getting more and more minutes as the season goes on. Uh, and yeah, it was, I think they're, it was definitely a good game. And I think the, it was good to play a team like Weber State now to kind of get that confidence back going forward. Uh, going to the next game against, uh, Idaho State, the Battle of Domes. They, uh, it was, Idaho, I want to say was leading this one by 15 or something like that and kind of let them back into it at the end. It kind of seemed like they let off the gas a little bit too early, but I know I tend sometimes try to remember like the negative Nelly and always seem to have like a negative thought about it. I kind of thought they might blow this one, but they, hey, they proved me wrong and didn't do that. Uh, they went with a diff, different lineup this time, but got more people playing a little bit with a, at the first game, they only played eight people. I, in that losing streak was wanting more of a use the depth of the line, the team we have, because the players have played and I think they should use the whole depth and not just have like six, seven people that just play and those people play only. Um, going with this one, the starting lineup was Ashland, Beyonce, TJ, Sydney, Brooke Malone, and Rosa, Sarah, Asha, and Jaden B got a couple minutes at the end, which is good to see. I think she's going to, I think she'll be a force in the, be a good person to see in the contributing in the future with this team. Um, this game, oh my goodness, was Ashlyn Wallace was on fire and could not, would not miss a shot. It seemed like this entire game. I, as much as I am a Rosa Smith stan, and I think she is the future of this team. I think she is a, I think she is a future all-conference player, potentially MVP of the conference. Ashlyn played probably the best game, I, the best game I had seen. 
out of her. I think it was, this was her career high to 25 points, three rebounds. It was good to see her playing that way today. And it showed because she seemed like she single-handedly carried Idaho to a victory against our in-state rivals down South. It was the, it, giving it was good to see another a different lineup again and uh it was it was just a more well balanced team beyond speed didn't have to be at that all-conference level it was someone else this time and having someone like a not having to rely on someone like Sydney Gandy to play. And yes, I am still big fans of them. I think they are still our big contributors, but it was good to see them not have to play those, not to rely on the big stars to get the get them to carry carry them to a victory and have someone else kind of don't want to say come out of nowhere, but almost kind of be that one, be the be the star that night, if that makes sense to you, those who are listening. Uh, if it was, a, it, yeah, it just was a good game. Good, good. Sh- it was good showing and a good two game stretch. I know up next they have, uh, it was a good to finally get on the win streak again. I was starting to lose a little faith, lose that positive outlook, if you will, but it was good to have that, uh, good to get back on the win streak and win the uh, battle of the domes against Idaho state. Uh, next up they have, a. Uh, Portland State and Sacramento State, which I think, which are, they beat them. They kicked our asses last time. 71, they lost uh, 56-71 and 53-43 to Portland State. Sacramento State, they lost 71-56. Portland State, they lost 53-43. And it was Portland State's first Big Sky win in almost a year, which was kind of embarrassing to see on my part. But I think... With the way they are rolling now, they are going in the right direction. And I think we'll be, I think if they can go one and one in this next stretch, or if they they go two and oh, that's brownie points right there. I think they're looking at, they are trending in the right direction right now and are looking, looking up right. And things are looking good for them in the future. And I hope they keep this that change of rotation in the lineup starting lineup does well and keeps that fire lit under them to uh, claw back in there for a potential buy or Hey, potentially number one seed in the conference tournament. Uh, that's all I've got for you guys on this. Not so much a ramble, depressing, depressing episode, but uh, as always, Hey, go Vandals. So that was Martin, Martin's Magic Minutes. Before we close, uh, first off, hey, other sponsor, Nick Davis does kick-ass metal work. This is King Spud Original. He does all the other Vandal logos, whether it's the Joe Jane slash Flaming Heads, Grumpy Joe, Smiling Joe, I Vandal with a script. He does best best metal work, best stuff you put on your walls, Vandal-related. Get a hold of Nick Davis on Twitter or get a hold of Tubbs the Club. We'll do it for you. If you go through Nick Davis directly, it's 85 bucks for signs like that. Got to circle back, last men's basketball kind of thing for whoever, for those paying attention. Some more updates about the right right track vandals. Men's team, which hey, this is a theme from football of going back and forth on subjects, but here we are. 
talk defensive metric, defensive rating as kind of a, a benchmark of below 100, okay, above 100, not okay. In Zach Claus's interim year, 2019-2020, with all Don, essentially all Don Verland players, Idaho had a defensive rating in Big Sky play seven times. In three, two and change seasons since we're in the third season, that's two 20-game seasons, and then 10 played so far. Idaho has Idaho has had seven games since that first season. One in the COVID year, five last season, and one so far. That's all in Big Sky play, which is to say, Claus has been there here longer, and the defense isn't better. Honestly, defensive defense was best when the guys had mostly been coached by Don Berlin. You can tell the influence of Claus on the defensive side of the ball is is only negative. There, there's no other way to describe it. Seven in, and I got to I got to bring this up too. The Big Sky is weaker than it was three or four years ago, guys. And this is Idaho last place in a weaker Big Sky than 2014 or 2018, or like the Vic Sanders team. Man, the Vic Sanders team looks like they they might run away with the Big Sky if that team existed this year. The talent's just different. Uh, we've got. Juan Bernardo, I'm just going to go with Juan, man. I'm going to mispronounce the names. Have the Vandals won any overtime games since Zach Loss took over? I'd have to look up. I think they might have an overtime win or so. I don't remember any off the top of my head, but look, there's 20 D1 wins total, so the number can't be that high. Another thing about our right track Vandals. Look, this is in spite of Isaac Jones averaging just under 20 points in big sky play, 7.6 rebounds, and 60.3% from the field. Those are monster numbers. Here's some more metrics for you guys. Talk about defense and rebounding. Idaho in Big Sky play, negative 5.7 rebounding margin, worst in the Big Sky. Defensively, they give up the most points per game, 78.7. So the worst total defensive team. Field goal percentage, Idaho, last place, allowing teams to shoot 50%. Three-point shooting, Idaho, finally won their better. Second to last, so ninth place at 38%. Essentially every defensive metric, their last place or they're right next to last place. So... That's your right track, Vandals, guys. For the players, I hope things turn around. I really, really want the players to have a good experience. There's some guys on this team that I think are pretty fun to watch. But again, it, fans are in this position. Like, what, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, you, you know, Zach Kloss is the wrong guy. You're terrified if he wins a few games that he'll come back. So, what are you, you going to do? Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank our sponsors. Remember, you can uh, join the discussion off screen at hashtag only tubs. That's patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. If you just want to make a one-time donation to be part of the discord and get stuff. You can also email us tubs, the club, gmail.com. Just contact, contact us on Twitter. You don't have to do the discord, but I got to tell you, it's the most active place to be during Vandal men's basketball. I got to thank Trevin because the Vandal basketball discord, which typically is active during the games was real active during the Idaho state game. And the Weber State game after that uh, after that article. So, thanks everyone for coming. We'll be back next week for a football specific episode where it might be just a cursory basketball update. That's why I went a little bit longer basketball today because it's going to be different. But thank you everyone for coming. Um, thank you to our patrons who support us. As always, guys, I'm going to stumble through closing out because I am the worst producer we have. But uh, until then, man. Go Vandals. Jesus Christ.